2: Berea, Odell Beckham Jr. Meeting some of his former teammates. Miles Garrett not practicing, but he was breaking the cardio machines while he was working out on it. He just gave up there. He broke it. Baker Mayfield finds Kareem Hunt. Pretty nice pass as he goes one-on-one drills against the Giants in 11-on-11. There he finds Jarvis Landry. Here again, Jarvis Landry. Oh, one-handed catch that time by Jarvis Landry. Baker Mayfield and Jarvis looking good. Nick Chubb breaks off a long run as well. So the Browns and Giants looking pretty good. And uh, one more look. And David Njoku taking it away from Jabril Peppers in a one-on-one drill. Hi, everybody. I hope your Thursday's off to a great start. Joint practices out in Berea, some storylines to keep you informed of. Miles Garrett, Jadavian Clowney, Denzel Ward, Sheldrick Redwine, MJ Stewart, Anthony Schwartz, who practiced yesterday, didn't practice. Grant Delpit didn't practice, and as we said, Odell Beckham Jr. All those guys not practicing, but Miles Garrett did break a cardio machine, so he's got that going for him. Demetric Felton was working with the second team group as a running back, JOK, getting starting reps on the defensive side of the ball for the first time this year. And Sione Takitaki walked off the field with the trainers. Uh, let's welcome in Hayden Grove, a plane dealer, beat reporter, is out in Berea as well, um, also for Cleveland.com. Hayden, appreciate the time. Uh, what has it been like day one of joint practices?
3: It has been very interesting. Um, I'm currently watching the Browns right now. They're out doing their little two-minute drill action against the first-team defense of the Giants. And uh, I think, honestly, the Browns have looked pretty good comparatively. Uh, When you look at, you know, just their continuity together on offense, Baker Mayfield's had a nice day. David Njoku's had a nice day. Um, Jarvis Landry's made four or five catches to this point. So they've been competing very well, and it's been a very – um, clean practice there was one incident where you know if there were some words said but nothing other than um, just you know some chirping back and forth there so it's been interesting it's my first time covering a joint practice and uh I think both teams are getting some good work in today
2: outstanding we'll um I'll grill you in a little bit about the joint practices and what you've seen so far um Nick Chubb talked to the media and uh, discussed Freddie Kitchens who is now the tight ends coach uh for the Giants being back and and just what Freddie Kitchens said to him uh, in Nick Chubb.
4: And if a running back coach of my career, and I mean the biggest thing for him that I remember is every day I stepped on the field. I mean he said, um, you know, make today your best day and that stuck with me forever. Every time I get on the field I think about that. I Man, I'm only gonna worry about today. I, I gotta get better today and nothing else matters.
5: Did he used to say that every day?
4: Not every day, but he said it before a couple of times. And
5: Sounds you guys did you guys rag on each other about Alabama and George?
4: No, we didn't.
1: <laughs> we so did. did that be, since that was the, kind of the first message delivered to you by a, a running back coach at the NFL level, is, you carry that even today?
2: Yeah,
4: I did.
2: And he said, uh, Freddie Kitchens, that's my guy, was uh, the beginning part of that. So, um, Hayden, has Freddie kept kind of a low profile? I know beforehand some of the guys went over and talked to him, but um, ha- have you been able to spot Freddie Kitchens, and uh, has it been kind of a low profile?
3: Yeah, we've definitely been able to spot Freddie. Um, he's, he's, he's kind of large and in charge, not <laughs> hard to miss. But, uh, but, um, but yeah, but he's out here. He's in the blue bucket hat and, uh, you know, working with the Giants offense. He's a senior offensive assistant. So yeah, he's definitely kept a low profile. Nothing really like crazy in terms of people coming out and saying hi to him. Um, maybe after practice more so, that'll be the case. Uh, but as of right now. Um, He's just on the sideline, hanging out, working with his team, you know, keeping them focused on what they need to do today. But, you know, I think we in the media were more excited to see him than anybody just to, you know, to rehash old memories or whatnot.
2: All right, Uh, Anthony Schwartz practiced yesterday, not practicing today. Uh, Schwartz talked about how it was to get back on the field and, and the importance for him to get ready.
1: It feels great to be back. Honestly, I love, I just love competing. I love getting better love watching my team get better. It's great to be a part of the team. It's great to be back out there.
6: It's it seems a speedster. Just how tough is it to, to get over that hamstring injury and then convert? And also, when you get back on the field, not to do too much too fast on it, to re-aggravate it. Just how, how tough is
1: that? It's pretty tough just because you know I want to go out there. I want to go out there, show what I can do, show off my biggest strength. But at the end of the day, it's all about staying healthy. It's all about being able to be out there. It's all about being available. And so I just got to know that, you can't run every play at 22, 23 miles an hour. You gotta pace yourself. You gotta get through, and you gotta be able to just pace yourself the whole time.
2: And he did say you can't run every play at 22, 23. I don't know that many people can run any plays at 22, 23 <laughs> miles an hour. So, uh, but Brown's playing it smart with him with the joint practices. They don't want him trying to go out and and uh, overdo it. I think.
3: No, yeah, I mean, again, especially with a hamstring injury, that's not something you ever want to really deal with. Um, in terms of a guy that's a speedster, you don't want to be dealing with his legs, making sure that you know he's putting too much pressure on it, putting too much you know emphasis on it. So they're definitely taking it slow with him. He did not practice today. He is not out there with the team. But at some point, again, uh, Dave, he's a rookie and he's got to get reps out there. He's got a good receiver group, good group of receivers around him in Odell Jarvis. Um, Kedero Hodge, Rashard Higgins, Donovan Peoples-Jones. So he's got to get out there and play at some point. I know they want to take it slow with him, but certainly, again, I, I think he's going to make the roster because he's a third-round pick. But um, we have yet to see that speed on display, and we're going to have to start seeing it if he wants to play any sort of a significant role in this Browns team this year.
2: Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly. Um, it, it's a weapon, but again, you, you have to you have to let him get the timing down, not only with Baker, but with Setting up blocks and those kind of things. Any any news at all on injured players? Um, the reports were Sioni Taki Taki kind of went off. Is there was there anybody else or so far so good as far as health goes?
3: Um so far so good as far as health goes, Sioni Taki Taki walked off, but haven't seen anybody else really going off yet. Um, you know, it is different because you are playing another team, and obviously you're gonna play maybe a little harder even if you don't mean to. Uh, but certainly it's um it's been okay. Okay. it's been okay. Injury wise. Again, you've
2: had some guys inside doing their work and their work in, but other than that, they've been just fine. All right. Hayden Grove uh, from the plane dealer in cleveland.com uh, is our guest. We're going to step aside and take a quick time out. Uh, Hayden is out at training camp in Berea for the joint practices on the other side of the break. We'll get his impressions on a number of things. We'll talk about Baker Mayfield, Odell Beckham Jr. and the intensity of these joint practices. Sports for CLE will be right back talking with Hayden Grove out at Brown's training camp.
5: Welcome back. Back to new friends, new classroom, and learning new things. Back to wearing shoes, man, like real shoes. Back to rushing to class. Back to having questions. Lots of questions. Back to vending machine dinners. Back to too much caffeine. Too late at night. But feeling like it was a night well spent back to pursuing your dreams and taking control of your future. Come back to go forward. Try C, where
0: futures begin. When it comes to selling you a mattress, most retailers are handing you a line, a long line of extra steps that drive up costs and create confusion. At the Original Mattress Factory, we simplify the mattress shopping experience by building mattresses and box springs in our own local factories and selling them direct to you. It's short, sweet, and simply makes sense. So experience more than just a mattress store. Experience an original, the Original Mattress Factory.
2: Sports for CLE continues, we continue talking Browns training camp with Hayden Grove, who is out in Berea for the joint practices with the New York Giants. So Hayden, um, you alluded to it. How has Baker Mayfield looked and, and what have they done um, with Baker Mayfield? Uh, Baker's looked pretty sharp,
3: actually, just a couple seconds ago, six seconds left on the clock, rolled out, found Hollywood Higgins for a touchdown. So... Um, you know, I think Baker's been pretty sharp today from my stat, from what I'm keeping track of. I'm thinking he's like 14 for 18, so a lot of completions, maybe not a ton of long yardage completions, but I think he's looked really sharp, keeping the ball away from the other team. And I think that the biggest thing that from that I've seen from this offseason, or this training camp, excuse me, is just his uh, his leadership. He's taken ownership, he's taken leadership of this team, and uh, it's really shown. So I think he's definitely taken steps in maturity. I think he's taken steps in accuracy. I think he's te- taken steps just to become a, a better quarterback. Uh, during
2: this training camp yeah I I, you know everything you describe is um, a franchise quarterback which is what he basically expects to be and uh, the Browns will probably pay him like one here in a little bit Um, we know Odell Beckham Jr. not playing because of the injury how much work have the starters gotten and and, um, has anybody um, else kind of opened your eye that uh, that has played really well from that starting group?
3: Not a ton of starters are playing today. I mean, actually, offensively, yeah, actually I'm wrong. <laughs> there are a ton of starters playing offensively, but, and there was just a, an interception by, uh, number 20, Greg Newsom, uh, of Danny Dimes. So I, am sorry, this all come to you live right now, but, uh, it's, uh, th- in terms of starters, there definitely have been starters in regards to the offense they, they've been out there. Um, but guys like Jadavian Clowney, Miles Garrett, O'Dell Beckham Jr. are not playing to this point. So, um, you know, it's it, it's it's most of the guys are going to get their work in, but some of the guys that have had some injury history with either being last year or in the past are not going to be out there.
2: Fair enough. Um, who's really grabbed your attention in, in the early part of this joint practices?
3: Um, David Ajoku. Uh, you know, it's a guy who I, you know, who has not been able to catch the football very effectively with the Browns at this point, but I think he's been not only, you know, showing off at the, his athleticism showing off, you know, what he's able to do athletically, but he's been able to, you know, make some plays, catch the football. Um, Also Jarvis Landry has made a couple of really, really, really nice catches today. So you got to appreciate that. Um, He's a guy that continues to put in the work day in and day out. He's a leader on this team. And uh, he's a guy that's, you know, practicing even, you know, even at his age as a veteran, uh, getting out there and getting the job done. So really, really good stuff from both, uh, him and um, David
2: Njoku today. Um, how's the line looked? That first team offensive line, obviously, want them to to be completely healthy and you don't want to get crazy putting them in in, in preseason games but more controlled setting. How's that line looked?
3: line is okay. I think Jed Rick had a little bit of a tough day today. Um, uh, but all in all, I think uh, that the Browns offensive line is still going to be one of the best in football. They're a bunch of grinders. They work really hard. They come to practice together and, uh, you know, they, they get it done. They're, you know, they're a top offensive line for a reason. They have a lot of veteran guys, but also some young talent. And like Wyatt Teller and Jedrick Wills. You have the veterans and Jack Conklin, J.C. Treader, Joel Batonio. So they really work together, well together as a group. And Bill Callahan is one of the best coaches in the NFL at the offensive line position. So um, you got to love what you see there.
2: Is there a little bit of a different intensity? I know you've been out at training camp pretty much all all season. A little bit of a different intensity level there going against a different team. Is, is it noticeable to you?
3: Yeah, you can notice that they come together, if that makes any sense. Like this is a team that's now together. Um, not that they weren't together before, but I think when you have a common opponent, it kind of just brings everything more together for this team. Um, they, they're, they're, you know, whooping it up more. They're They're more engaged. So yes, absolutely. Maybe not, you know, in a feisty and fiery and bad way, I think the Browns and the Giants have handled themselves very, very well today. No fights you've seen, but um, I really think that they've come together as a team uh, and to just support one another against a common opponent.
2: Um, reports are that uh, Demetric Felton working out at running back. How has he looked? And um, y- you know, he was impressive as a as wide receiver in that first preseason game. How has he looked as a running back?
3: Uh, he's just got that speed that you don't see. He's got that special knack for speed. Um, you know, I wasn't a huge Dimitri Felton fan coming in because I felt like Dearness Johnson was the better option. But actually, I, I have completely turned my mind. I really like Dearness Johnson still, but Dimitri Felton has been absolutely fantastic. Just has that little quick twitch, that ability to get in and out of cuts that you just don't see very often. So I'm excited to see him in that kind of Jack uh, the Swiss Army knife role. He, can, he's, he is a good running back. He can definitely play receiver, but he has been good as the running back, getting carries, getting in and out of holes.
2: All right, so we mentioned Jedrick Wills um, was a rookie a season ago, switched from uh, right tackle to left tackle to be the starter day one. Um, he talked about working with uh, Joe Thomas, who's doing the analysis on the preseason games uh, f- locally for Channel 5, as well as kind of building muscle and kind of reshaping that body. Here's Jedrick Wills.
7: A couple of days um, I got to talk to him. just like right over here to this tent, actually. Um, I just kind of go through some things and what he saw and what he could help me with and then he also shot me some text after that screamers that we had that, that following sunday so still keeping up with him a little bit
1: had you met him in person before
7: that was my first time are you bigger than you last, last year I'm actually smaller um, last year at the end of the season I was around 328 uh, and this year I came in around 313 I think I'm about 315 316 right now and I had about uh, 18% body fat coming in
2: <laughs> and Hey, I heard him say he's 316 with 18% body fat. That's that's pretty darn impressive. I, I mean, that's a big guy who is mostly muscle is what he's saying.
3: Yeah, I mean, those big guys, you know, that's the thing. That's kind of the new age of offensive linemen, right? These, these guys are just now, they're not only, you know, 300 pounds, but they're 300 pounds of muscle. So, yeah, that's all, that's not a lot of body fat especially for a guy of that size. And Jedrick Wills certainly doesn't look to be out of shape by any stretch. Again, he, the position he plays requires him to be pretty big. Um, and I think he's a very, very healthy 318, whatever he is now. So um, that's, it, it is insane that these guys can just handle that much weight, but certainly he moves it well.
2: Yeah, and, and the other thing is he was talking about kind of picking Joe Thomas's mind uh, to get some of the techniques down. Uh, again, keep in mind, this is the first training camp for Jedrick Wills at left tackle. Now, he played an entire season there, but he's got to refine his technique. And if you're going to go ask somebody, Joe Thomas is a pretty good guy to have as a resource and points to Jedrick Wills for using that resource.
3: Yeah, I mean, that's, the, that's a great point, Dave. I mean, the Browns are lucky that they have arguably the greatest um, left tackle of all time, if you know, if not one of the big greatest tackle, left tackles of all time. What better person to pick your brain? And Joe is the best guy, too. You know, he is he is salt of the earth, He's just so kind, willing to talk to anybody. He's great on the broadcast. So, yes, Jedrick Will is absolutely very, very smart to go after a guy like Joe Thomas and say, hey, Joe, how can I help? How can I make this transition? How can I get better? How can I be more of a pro? There's just so many, so many, so many things you can ask Joe Thomas. So it's pretty perfect. That, uh, that, you know, again, that the Browns are kind of lucky enough to have Joe Thomas in, in their back pocket.
2: Hayden Grove, uh, reporter for The Plain Dealer as well as Cleveland.com. We're going to step aside, take a quick out, We're going to continue talking uh, Browns' joint practices with the Giants. Uh, on the other side of the break, um, PFF has a fatal flaw for each team. We'll tell you what they say about the Browns, as well as bold predictions for the Browns by CBSSports.com. Sports for CLE, we'll be right back with Hayden Grove out in Berea at the Joint Practices. Stay with us.
5: Welcome back. Back to new friends, new classroom, and learning new things. Back to wearing shoes, man, like real shoes. Back to rushing to class. Back to having questions, lots of questions. Back to vending machine dinners. Back to too much caffeine, too late at night, but feeling like it was a night well spent back to pursuing your dreams and taking control of your future. Come back to go forward. Try C, where futures begin.
0: When it comes to selling you a mattress, most retailers are handing you a line, a long line of extra steps that drive up costs and create confusion. At the Original Mattress Factory, we simplify the mattress shopping experience by building mattresses and box springs in our own local factories and selling them direct to you. It's short, sweet, and simply makes sense. So experience more than just a mattress store. Experience an original, the Original Mattress Factory.
2: The Ohio Lottery Partners in Education program recognizes role model students and teachers from across Ohio. Nominations can now be done completely online. To nominate a deserving teacher or student, go to ohiolottery.com. In the About section, find Partners in Education. There you will find links to the nomination forms. Students, kindergarten through 12th grade, can be academic all-stars. Teachers can be honored as a Teacher of the Month. The Ohio Lottery Partners in Education, where stars shine. Sports for CLE continues. We continue talking Browns football with Hayden Grove from The Plain Dealer and Cleveland.com. Pro Football Focus has um, the fatal flaw for each and every NFL team. For the Browns, uh, they put it in the form of a question. Which Baker Mayfield are you getting? And uh, Hayden, you you and I have talked about this a couple of times. Might be a little unfair just because of all the coaching changes. Um, I think... The Baker Mayfield yeah. under Kevin Stefanski has been pretty impressive.
3: Definitely, definitely.
2: Um, that's again a
3: Baker Mayfield with an offense that suits him. Baker Mayfield with a coach that has is very detail oriented, who has his stuff together. Again, I really did like Freddie. I was a big Freddie Kitchens guy, mm-hmm. but um, he just didn't necessarily have that that discipline, that that detail orientedness, um, the kind of calm, cool, collected demeanor that Kevin Stavansky has. And Kevin Stavansky's offense is much more tailored to what um, to what Baker Mayfield does well. So I think you're right. And with the, another year of another the same head coach, the same offensive coordinator, same quarterback coach, the same offense, I think the question isn't, you know, which Baker are you going to get? I just think it's going to be how much Baker is or how much better is Baker going to get? Because I think there's no doubt in my mind that Baker Mayfield will be better in the year two with the same offense, same coordinator, same head coach, all that good stuff. I really believe it. I really believe that Baker Mayfield, it's not about which Baker Mayfield is getting. I think it's about um, how much better Baker Mayfield is going to be.
2: Yeah, I, I would agree. How how high is the ceiling? And I, nobody knows the answer to that. I mean, the last time he was in an offensive system for a second year, he won a Heisman Trophy. So keep that in mind. Yeah. That's, that's how long he has been changing offensive <laughs> systems. And, and the other thing I would say – and again, Josh Allen has played well. Lamar Jackson's played well. This isn't about them. But what would those guys do if they were changing coaches every year? If you, if you were in Freddie Kitchen's offense one year, the year before that, you were in Hugh Jackson's with Todd Haley. I mean, there have just been so many different things that, that Baker Mayfield has had to overcome. Yeah, but that's his mo,
3: and that's what you got to love about Baker. Baker loves that. He loves the, you know, having to overcome things. He loves that chip on his shoulder. He loves that, you know, I've had to work for everything I've ever gotten. He's been a walk-on. He's done. That's what he loves. So, yes, I think that that's what drives Baker Mayfield. But you're right. What would Josh Allen do in that situation? What would Lamar Jackson do in that situation? We don't know because again, they've been in good systems for a couple of years now. But um, for Baker Mayfield, yeah, that's that. That's what makes him so great. Is that he he loves that adversity. He loves to be pushed. He loves. To, to overcome things and again that's what makes him him so um i think again i think it's definitely a good thing that he's you know coming back for another year with this offense and like you said the last time that happened he won the Heisen trophy and um you know i think that you could see a very very similar thing where he plays really well this year but i think you got to love about baker is again he likes that chip on his shoulder he likes when things aren't going his way and he likes to come back and show people that they're wrong
2: And you know what? That's what makes him the perfect quarterback uh, for the city of Cleveland as well. That's why the fans have Mm -hmm. taken to him so well. All right. CBSSports.com. Bold predictions for the Browns. And uh, one of them, new additions lead to a top 10 defense for the Browns. What do you think of that? I think that's a spot on. I mean, again, when
3: you look at the additions, the Browns have made defensively, you know, you add Javion Clowney to an already good defensive line with miles Garrett anchoring that you add Anthony Walker, a veteran linebacker to the middle of a defense that desperately needed some help with the linebacker position. You add a John Johnson, a captain of this defense a safety who, um, who is, you know, not only very talented, but has a leadership role. I mean, you you added to each position, you added even to Troy Hill, you added a cornerback who has had a ton of experience. So to each position group, you've added a piece. You added even Andrew Billings, Malik Jackson. I mean, you completely overhauled that defense. So I completely agree that the new additions are going to help that Browns defense be much better this year. Again, top 10, you hope, you hope. But I think they will need a little time to come together. Uh, but if any, if today was any indication, they looked pretty good. Greg Newsom came out here had a pick. That's another addition to this defense. So I would agree that they could definitely be a top ten defense uh, without question, just given their uh, given their additions. You are exactly right.
2: Yeah, I, I think um, I agree with that. And and think about the type of players they have added as well. Not only talent wise, but Anthony Walker yep. is a guy that was you know he's basically a football junkie in the middle. You know, calls called the defense yep. for. For the Colts, he'll call the defense for the Browns. John Johnson on the back half called the defense from the secondary for the Rams, which was a top-ranked defense. They've added not only really good football players, but really good football players who teammates seem to rally around like, and teammates generally like guys that make them better. So these are guys that will make everybody on that defense better.
3: Yeah, I mean, these are also leaders. These are these are guys that you rally around. I mean, that's when you know when when the Browns were looking to add pieces to the defense. I think they were not only looking for talent, but they were looking for fit. They were looking for culture. They were looking for all that good stuff. They were looking to be, to get you know players in there that would make a difference not only on the field but off the field, in the meeting rooms, and in the team in general. So I think you've got to love what you see from a guy like uh, John Johnson III, a real leader on that defense. You've got to like what you see from Anthony Walker Jr., a leader on that defense. Jadavion Clowney, Malik Jackson, Andrew Billings, leaders on that defense. So they have some veteran pieces. They're going to help this club. They're going to lead this club. And uh, they're going to be, again, good influences off the field, good influences on the field and uh, to, to get this defense to the next level, which they desperately need it.
2: So Nick Chubb um, was asked about the difference between playing preseason games and uh, these preseason training camp joint practices and what he preferred. Here is uh, Nick Chubb.
4: It's probably about the same, to be honest. I think the biggest thing for all of us who aren't playing the preseason games come out here and, and almost treat it like a game. You know, get, get the reps, get the conditioning in, get the finish in, feel that contact and try to make it seem like it's a game, so we, so we can be ready whenever we do decide to play.
3: I feel like there are some positions that, yeah, they don't necessarily need to play. Would you say running back is one of those ones? You have to feel those hits before the first game?
4: Well, me personally, I haven't played in a preseason game since 2019, yeah. and I, I felt I felt good past past two seasons, which last year nobody played. But um, I guess it depends on the person, just individual.
2: And, and Hayden, if, if I'm the Browns, I'm real careful with You know, Nick Chubb and Jarvis Landry and any of those skilled guys, not only because, you know, they expect big things. Keep in mind that you want them to be good for an extra regular season game. I think that 17th regular season game that the NFL added makes preseason, you kind of got to work through it very
3: carefully absolutely i couldn't agree more and again I, that's why i love these joint practices it's an ability to compete it's ability to feel those hits it's ability to get out here but to do it in a controlled setting where you're not going to the ground so i would i would honestly rather this be the case for the for the rest of you know time even um you know that these guys just do these preseason game or preseason practices where they're controlled where you can kind of figure th- things out and then go from there Um, I think the preseason games, there's just too much uncertainty too, especially with an added third or added um, 17th game in the regular season. I think there's just too, too much to, to riding on it. So again, I would not worry about the preseason games. I don't care if Baker plays. I don't care if Nick Chubb plays. I don't care if Odell plays. I don't care if Jarvis plays at this point, really don't care, really don't care if those guys see the field would rather them just be healthy and to get on the field um, as, as healthily and uh, as ready to go for 17 game grind as possible.
2: Yeah, I, I would agree wholeheartedly. I, you know, the, the one thing is, I want Baker Mayfield for the 17 regular season games. I want Nick Chubb for the 17 regular season games. Um, and the other thing to keep in mind, they may play a little bit in that third preseason game because there's two weeks, there, there's an additional week between the final preseason game and the beginning of the regular season. So that might be to, to give them a series or two. But certainly, you know, there's nothing to be gained. The the risk um, outweighs the reward in my mind with preseason.
3: Oh, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. The risk definitely outwe- outweighs the reward. Um, you know what what is what is your reward? There really is none. Um, you know that's the problem. I think it's again the risk is that you lose a guy for even a game or a couple games or, you know, so there's no, there's no reward for the preseason except for maybe getting your guys a little more ready. But even then they're out here every day working, they're playing against other teams. They don't need that. They're they're professionals at this point. Maybe if you're a really young team, yeah, you want to get your guys out there. If you're the Jacksonville Jaguars, go ahead play Trevor Lawrence. If if you want to do that, that's fine. I'm, I'm, I'm fine for that. But again, guys in this team on, in this league, I don't, I don't see it. I don't see a need for it. Just run your dual practices um, and go from there.
2: Agree 100%. Hayden Grove, a reporter for The Plain Dealer in Cleveland.com, and I'm going to step aside, take a quick time out. On the other side of the break, Colin Cowherd's confidence level in the Browns making the playoffs. Also, one pivotal rookie from each and every team will tell you who the
0: Browns is. Sports for CLE. We'll be right back. Stay with us. When it comes to selling you a mattress, most retailers are handing you a line a long line of extra steps that drive up costs and create confusion at the original mattress factory we simplify the mattress shopping experience by building mattresses and box springs in our own local factories and selling them direct to you it's short sweet and simply makes sense so experience more than just a mattress store experience an original the original mattress factory
2: The Ohio Lottery Partners in Education program recognizes role model students and teachers from across Ohio. Nominations can now be done completely online. To nominate a deserving teacher or student, go to ohiolottery.com. In the About section, find Partners in Education. There you will find links to the nomination forms. Students, kindergarten through 12th grade, can be academic all-stars. Teachers can be honored as a Teacher of the Month. The Ohio Lottery Partners in Education, where stars shine. for sale. He continues. We continue talking Browns football with Hayden Grove, reporter from the Plain Dealer in Cleveland.com. So Colin Coward from uh, Fox Sports. On his confidence level, the Browns will make the playoffs this season. This is from FF1's The Herd with Colin Coward. I would say eight, seven and a half to eight.
6: Best offensive line in football and one of three teams returning all 11 starters on offense. The Bucks and the Cowboys are the other. So I get continuity. I get an excellent young coach and the best offensive line in football. Eight to
2: eight and a half. (laughs) And Aiden, if we kept him on a little bit longer, we might have gotten to nine to nine and a half. We started seven to seven and a half, eight to eight and a half. I think as he talked himself through it, he'd have seen um, even more.
3: Yeah, I mean, Colin Coward usually not very – not very easy on the Browns and not very high on the Browns. So it's kind of d- different to see him uh, say that, but I think he's right. Again, when you look at this offense, you're bringing back 11 guys, most of which are supremely talented, all of which are supremely talented. I don't think there's a single guy on the Browns starting offense that you wouldn't say, um, you know, is it would you couldn't say they're not pro bowl caliber. So um I think with that just the talent on offense alone and then you add that defensive unit that has been so revamped I agree I think it's this the ceiling is very high for the team but I think the floor is also very very high as well like I'm thinking if they have a bad year they get they have 9 wins um you know it's you know which would not be great but certainly um, something that I again I really, really believe that this Browns team uh, is going to be probably an 8-9 win, or excuse me, 9-10-11 win team uh, at the end of the day because they do have so much talent.
2: Yeah, I, I would agree. And, and you know, if, if they gel quickly enough on defense, 12, maybe 13 wins isn't completely oh, yeah. out of the question. So, so uh, here's the other thing. There are guys y- you saw against Jacksonville. Those are guys that are twos, threes, and guys fighting for roster spots. You didn't see missed tackles. You didn't see penalties. There are going to be guys that can't make this Browns team who are immediately snatched up by another NFL team. I mean, like, within days you will see guys that can't make this 53-man roster on another NFL team probably playing for them reasonably quickly.
3: Yeah, it simultaneously makes Andrew Berry's job very easy and very tough at the same time. I mean, you know, it's easy because he's developed he's has he has so much talent here, and you know, that's great. And you don't you don't have to like go searching for talent, but at the same time, you have so much talent here that you're gonna have to cut very talented players. So yes, you are exactly right. The Browns now do have some depth and a lot of good positions. Um, and I believe that Andrew Berry is going to have some very tough decisions to make, you know, in terms of, especially running backs, receivers, um, cornerbacks, defensive line. I mean, there are so many guys that uh, are going to have, like you said, opportunities to go elsewhere because they are so talented. But the Browns, again, you can only have 53 men on the roster. I haven't done my own 53 men yet, but it's going to be tough.
2: And I don't envy it at all. Yeah, yeah, I agree. There, there are going to be some really, really difficult decisions on the back half of that roster. All right, NFL.com, one pivotal rookie for each team. Now, for the Browns, they said it came down to Jeremiah Wusakoromoa and Greg Newsom, and they decided on Greg Newsom. Hard to argue with either of them, um, but Newsom is that second, potentially, that second starting cornerback. I get where they're going with that one.
3: Yeah, I mean, both guys could really make an impact. You could argue that both of them should have been first round picks. Uh, Usu Koromoa, you know, again, I think a lot of people are a lot of teams passed on him because of his size, not very big, but he's just so fast. So he brings an element of speed to that Browns defense that they haven't really had. And then you add in, you know, Greg Newsom, who could, could definitely learn from Denzel Ward, Greedy Williams. Um, I, I agree that both of those guys are definitely going to be in the tops amongst, you know, most productive, uh, rookies because, again, you look at, um, you look at the amount of veterans around them that can help them. I mean, both te- again, you have Denzel Ward, you have Grady Williams, you had Troy, uh, Troy Hill. And then for Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa, you have, you know, you have pass rushers in J.J. Van J- Clowney and Miles Garrett. You have Anthony Walker Jr. You have Malcolm Smith. You have linebackers there. So plenty of, plenty for these guys to, uh, to, you know, research and look up to in terms of where the guys are around them.
2: Yeah, without question. And, and I think both of them will be contributors and pretty big contributors. All right. Um, we talked a little bit about Jedrick Wills and he had a pretty good... For everything that he went through last year with switching from the right side to the left, not having a training camp, not having preseason, I think he played really well. It, it wasn't... There wasn't a whole lot of times where he went, hmm, you know, Jedrick Wills just didn't quite do the job. He, he passed the eye test. Uh, Wills talked about how he viewed last year and, and what he is working on.
7: I don't know. I feel like everybody has their different grading systems, um, but I feel like I can definitely improve in both areas. But looking at it a year ago, I thought I was trash compared to this year. Yeah. Watching film, it's, it's a brand new game uh, when you're trying to film this year. Yeah. Do you think you are slowed by not having preseason games as a rookie? No, I wouldn't use it as an excuse. I'd say we all had the same opportunity.
2: I get his answer. But again, switching from right tackle to left tackle, you're switching everything about your setup and, your, and, and the way you attack a defender. That's a huge change, and, and he handled it well enough.
3: Yeah, he certainly did. I mean, there were, you're, as you said, there was never a point where you're like, man, Jedrick, you know, come on. Like, this is not. And then for an offensive lineman, honestly, sometimes, you know, that's how it's going to be. That's, that's kind of how the, you judge an offensive lineman is, you know, how many times, yes, guys are going to, there are going to be plays where it's a stalemate or there are going to be plays where you get, you know, he gets pushed back a little bit, but again, there's not there wasn't really ever a time where you were like, man, you know, he's a liability over there. So great for a rookie to learn to to do that. And again, you know, maybe the Browns hit on another, uh, you know, or top ten tackle uh, in Jedrick Wills. I mean, they hadn't had to draft him for so long um, that the, that it was time. And and certainly, they seem to have made a really good selection. So I agree with Jedrick though that he's going to be a lot better this year. He's got a lot of time, a lot more time to process. You know, COVID is a little more, um, maybe not easy to deal with obviously but a little easier to deal with than last year because we have more uh, less unknowns um and I think again Jedrick put an off season of work he, he lost some weight he's a little more agile um he has more experience under his belt so I think he's going to continue to get better and better as we go on
2: and the other thing that that clip told you he really wants to get better I mean if if he thought last year was trash I can't wait to see what he thinks a good year for him is
3: well, you know what? The funny thing is, I mean, coming from Alabama, you know, that's I'm big. Obviously, you got to be big on Alabama, guys. But to get through that, to get through that experience of playing in college at Alabama, you got to have high expectations of yourself. You got to be able to push through and 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 really work. And I think that's that's Jedrick to a T. So I think he does have high expectations for himself. I think that comes from that program uh, down there in Tuscaloosa. And uh, for that reason, again, I think that absolutely he's going to continue to improve and develop and get even
2: better. Hayden Grove, great stuff. Appreciate the time. Uh, make sure you read Hayden Thank Grove, you. pages of The Plain Dealer, as well as Cleveland.com. Great stuff. Thanks, Hayden. Thank you, guys. All right, Hayden Grove uh, at the joint practices out in Berea. We appreciate his time and insight. We're going to step aside, take a quick time out. We're going to continue talking Browns football. Tim Bielek from The Plain Dealer in Cleveland.com will join us. We'll hear what uh, Mike Greenberg from ESPN thinks about Baker Mayfield. Sports for CLE. He'll be right back.
5: Stay with us. Welcome back. Back to new friends, new classroom, and learning new things. Back to wearing shoes, man, like real shoes. Back to rushing to class. Back to having questions. Lots of questions. Back to vending machine dinners. Back to too much caffeine. Too late at night, but feeling like it was a night well spent. Back to pursuing your dreams and taking control of your future. Come back to go forward. Try C, where futures begin.
2: The Ohio Lottery Partners in Education program recognizes role model students and teachers from across Ohio. Nominations can now be done completely online. To nominate a deserving teacher or student, go to ohiolottery.com. In the About section, find Partners in Education. There you will find links to the nomination forms. Students kindergarten through 12th grade can be academic all-stars. Teachers can be honored as a Teacher of the Month. The Ohio Lottery Partners in Education, where stars shine. Sports for CLE continues. We continue talking Browns football. So Mike Greenberg, uh, ESPN's Get Up, had this to say about the Browns quarterback, Baker Mayfield.
8: What if I told you that a quarterback was drafted by a team that had gone 1-34 and in its last 35 games and that in his first three seasons with that team, he led them to more wins than losses? What if I then told you that quarterback did it despite having, in those three years, Four different head coaches and four different offensive coordinators. You might say, that guy's working miracles. I would say, that guy's Baker Mayfield, who next month will become the first Browns quarterback to start three straight openers since Bernie Kosar. The truth is, almost everything they say about Mayfield is turning out to be wrong. They say his ceiling isn't high enough. Well, actually, last season he had eight games, with a QBR of 80 or higher. Those are considered great games. Only Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes had more. They say he doesn't have the arm strength. Well, actually, last season he had the highest completion percentage in the entire league on passes thrown 20 yards downfield. They say he isn't good enough to beat good teams. Well, actually, in Cleveland's first playoff win since 1994, He threw three touchdowns, no picks, and hung 48 on Pittsburgh. That's the most points the Steelers have ever allowed in 62 playoff games. Here is the truth. Baker Mayfield has turned around what was the worst franchise in American sports despite all manner of adversity and is a big part of the reason now that they are talking Super Bowl in a town where the team was winless four years ago. So, if all that isn't enough to shut them up, I'm not quite sure what is going to be.
2: Let's uh, welcome in Tim Bielek from the Plain Dealer at Cleveland.com. That's as good of a case as I have seen for what Baker Mayfield has done as there is. Local media has been very much, yeah, Baker's getting it together. Uh, National media is starting to get it, and, and Mike Greenberg laid it out perfectly there.
6: Absolutely. And it's not just a case. It's the reality of what Baker Mayfield has. And you look at the other two quarterbacks in that draft class with Mayfield that are that either have extensions or getting extensions. Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson, they've had the same head coach since day one. They've been in the same system since day one. And it's just been beneficial and what's allowed them to get to the heights that they are. Mayfield hasn't had that opportunity. I mean, Hugh Jackson let go in 2018. 2019 was obviously... You know, all the stuff with Freddie Kitchens, we all know how that panned out. Kevin Stefanski comes in 2020, certainly gets Mayfield back on track, back to the quarterback that everybody thinks he's going to be. This is going to be the most fascinating season for him because, as we've talked about before, this is the first time in his career he doesn't have to learn a whole new offense. He doesn't have to learn how how a coach talks again. He doesn't have to learn all those things again. It's all ingrained in him it's just building on it and now you can now we have the potential to see that offense really start to take a leap in 2021
2: and he has all 11 starters back so he knows where guys like the ball he knows what they do on routes there there are nuances um that this offense now has together all right Jedrick Wills we talked about him a little bit um left tackle played pretty well as a rookie. He talked about how beneficial it's been for him to go against Miles Garrett every day in training camp.
7: Uh, you gain a lot after going against Miles. I pretty much block every single body else in the roster, um, and you never see anybody else like him throughout the league. He's probably the best premier pass rusher that we have on our team, and then throughout the whole NFL. Um, and you just see so many different combination of moves. Like some guys, you stop him at the very first move, and Miles is giving you three and four. So it's, it's, a whole, it's a whole new game when you go against Miles. You, you were a rookie last year, but
3: you, now in your second year, you're still the youngest in the group. Do you still feel like that, or is it now, like, you guys are all feeling
7: like veterans and coming back? Like um, I feel that we all feel like veterans. Of course, those guys have been here, like, since I was coming out of middle school. Um, but I feel comfortable, and um, I just can't wait to see the group come together and what we have for you too
2: <laughs> the, the crack about the guys being uh, here since he's been in middle school is pretty good. But the um, – uh, the thing about working against Miles Garrett, invaluable for Jedrick Wills, without question.
6: You said it, and the, t- the title says it right there: Iron sharpens iron. That's just exactly what it's all about. If you have great players on a team, they're in, they're invariably going to make the other guys they're going up against better in practice. Because if you if you go up against a guy like Miles Garrett, who like Jedrick Wills said, is as good as there is in the NFL in terms of being a pass rusher you should be able to have no problem going against everybody else because it seems like Garrett has really given Jedrick Wills, you know, the full indoctrination by going 100% showing him every possible trick he's got. And I mean, Wills may struggle against that, but what offensive lineman isn't going to struggle against that? And that's just, that will make a guy like Wills better in his second season understanding, you know, that, Teams are going to adjust to him a little bit. He's got to adjust more. It's just part of the continued growth in the NFL, and we you just see that across um, certain you see that across certain organizations. You know why teams draft and develop so well is because they're going up against very established players, so that by the time it's their turn, that they're ready to go and that they're ready to kind of continue to churn in that little bit of roster cycle. And I think that's what's happening here with the browns that they, this tr- this trial by fire with Jedrick Wills should only make him better heading into a second season
2: yeah i would agree and, and it's the old thing you you want the practices to be tougher than the games and um if you're going against miles garrett yeah <laughs> practice probably gonna be tougher than the games all right um bleacher report projected winners at key position battles for the browns uh, there's three of them. We'll start with linebackers. They have Anthony Walker, Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa, and Sione Takitaki. Um, do you think those three end up as, uh, as the first core, first linebacking core, first team?
6: Well, I've, I felt like Walker was obviously a lock. I mean, you give him the green dot, he's going to be the guy that starts a linebacker. Takitaki showed plenty of flashes in 2020, had that pick six against the Eagles. And JOK, what he showed against the Jaguars was absolutely sensational. And I've talked about it before, you know, going back to talking about Owusu-Koromoa as a draft prospect. He's at his best when he plays downhill, when he can just turn that speed loose. And we saw that against Jacksonville. I know he was going against second and third teamers, but that kind of speed, you don't teach that kind of ability. I mean, he got downhill. He really tackled those plays. There's the one you see on Twitter all the time where he, he escapes the block of the one guy trying to come to him. He comes around him to make the tackle for a loss. And that's sensational. He also almost had a blocked pun. So I, I felt like for him, it's only gonna be a matter of time before, you know, he really s- starts to get more snaps. And I mean, he's already taken first team reps so far with these joint practices against the Giants. No reason to think he shouldn't be a guy who, if he's not starting week one, he's a guy who's called upon for a lot of reps and a lot of snaps very early in the season.
2: Yeah, I would agree. And, and the other two that they have, uh, CB two cornerback two. They have Greg Newsom wide receiver three. Donovan Peoples Jones. What do you think of those two?
6: Not surprising. I mean, Newsom also had some flashes in the preseason game. I know he got that long ball thrown on him, but he did have a good recovery to at least make that a little tougher of a catch against Marvin Jones than you would expect. And Donovan Peoples Jones is the number three. I mean, that's the story of camp right now. He's the MVP. Been the MVP of training camp. He's taking that gigantic leap you want to see guys take from year one to year two. That athletic specimen, as, I, as I've as i said plenty of times before, those are the guys that once they really get the nuance down, the technique down of learning how to play in the NFL, understanding how you need to work, understanding, you know, all the little things that matter, and the details that are so crucial to success. Once those things are in tow, that's when the athletic tools really start to shine and then that's where you know a player can just take off and we've seen people's Jones absolutely do that throughout training camp also you know in the limited reps he got against jacksonville that lights come on for him and i think that's got a chance to be a very very fun one two three receiver combination with odell beckham jr Jarvis Landry, and Donovan Peoples-Jones. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch, I think.
2: Yeah, I agree, and they all have little different skill sets that you can use and, and play to. Tim Bielik uh, reporter for Plain Dealer and Cleveland.com, and I'm going to step aside take a quick time out. On the other side of the break, uh, some more bold predictions from CBS Sports, and uh, we'll also hear Stump Mitchell talking about Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt.
5: Sports for CLE. we will be right back. Stay with us. Welcome back. Back to new friends, new classroom, and learning new things. Back to wearing shoes, man, like real shoes. Back to rushing to class. Back to having questions. Lots of questions. Back to vending machine dinners. Back to too much caffeine. Too late at night, but feeling like it was a night well spent. Back to pursuing your dreams and taking control of your future. Come back to go forward. Try C, where futures begin.
0: When it comes to selling you a mattress, most retailers are handing you a line, a long line of extra steps that drive up costs and create confusion. At The Original Mattress Factory, we simplify the mattress shopping experience by building mattresses and box springs in our own local factories and selling them direct to you. It's short, sweet, and simply makes sense. So experience more than just a mattress store. Experience an original. The Original Mattress Factory.
2: We continue talking Browns football with Tim Bielek from the Plain Dealer in Cleveland.com. CBSSports.com. Bold predictions for the Browns. Uh, here's one of them. Nick Chubb and Cream Hunt will each rush for 1,000 yards this season. What do you think, Tim D- Tim Bielek?
6: <clears throat> Ooh, that's 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 a that's pretty bold. I mean, it shouldn't be a surprise that at least Nick Chubb should be able to get 1,000 yards. He did it in 12 games last season, and they actually had similar uh, carry numbers. I'm actually looking at it right now. Kareem Hunt had 198 in 16 games. Chubb 190 in just 12. So certainly they're both extremely talented, and they have the ability to get a thousand yards. And the the funny thing that kind of lingers in there is the fact that we have the 17th game. So that's that extra opportunity for for whoever needs to get a thousand yards to go get it. I know Kareem Hunt only had about 841. He came up short of that mark. Far shorter than mark Chubb was about 1067 certainly he plays 16 games he's got more but you know if that if those carries are split more 50 50 i think between the two of them then you look at the average carries per game Chubb was 15.8 hunt 12.4 say hunt gets about two more carries that's about eight yards a car- eight yards a game you know that's that's closer to 900 yards he would have to break a couple longer runs to really get there but Certainly, I would at least say like 20, 25% chance. And certainly that I think qualifies as a bold prediction.
2: Yeah, you know, the, the, the one thing I would say, I don't know that, and, and you kind of touched on it, are they going to get enough carries each to get 1,000? Well, um, the run game coordinator, uh, Stump Mitchell, was asked about uh, them each getting 1,000 yards. He said that was a goal last year. Um, here is what Stump Mitchell said about uh, Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb each getting 1,000 yards in a season.
1: Well, I think it was mostly due to health. Uh, once Nick got hurt, the amount of times we ran the ball was reduced probably about 10 to 15 times a game because we did not have that guy that could come in and take the place of Nick, didn't have that type running style. Uh, Coach Stefanski was going to have Kareem have a limited amount of touches. Uh, that he thought would be successful, both run and pass, and and that was the reason. But we have to keep both of those guys healthy, and if that be the case, uh, and we improve some upon our reads uh, from last year, it'll happen.
2: And that stumped Mitchell on each of them getting a thousand yards. And coach is going to say, "Yeah, if we read a little bit better, we'll get uh, we'll get more yards." But that's kind of the mindset from the guy who you know is coaching them. Yeah, I mean, he brings up a good
6: point that obviously when Chubb went down with the injury, they probably had to throw a little more. And I do kind of have the suspicion that, you know, with the emergence of Don Peoples-Jones with a healthier Odell Beckham Jr., you know, coming off the ECL, that maybe they start to, th- to throw more than they did a year ago if they want to go with three receivers as well. Now, that takes away carries from... Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. But what it also does is if you have Odell Beckham on the field, you have a speed threat that teams have to respect you that pulls guys away from the line of scrimmage that can lead to bigger, you know, big play opportunities for Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Certainly if you have fewer guys in the box, you got a better chance of a back getting to the second level. We know both those guys can break tackles fairly frequently. So I'm maybe a situation where they have fewer carries per game potentially, but they might be more efficient carries you know more yards per carry or whatever Um, maybe some longer runs i know their longest run of the season nick chubbs was 59 kareem hunts was 33 yards so not exactly you know long distance touchdowns like we've seen from chubb each of his first two seasons but certainly if you have you know that passing game on the field that can really threaten teams and space them out with speed and now three quality receivers you can open up lanes more for the running game. It's just complimentary football.
2: Yeah, without question. Um, The other thing is, um, last thing before we go, Anthony Schwartz, uh, third round wide receiver, um, practiced yesterday, had had that hamstring, taken cautious with him, didn't practice today. Schwartz talked about blocking and how important it is.
1: Well, blocking is really all about mentality and toughness is nothing that, which is nothing that I don't have. I have the mentality and the toughness to block. And I will get the job done no matter if it's blocking a corner, blocking a safety, blocking a linebacker, even blocking a DN, which they have us doing practice sometimes. I'll be in there, have that mentality where I'm going to do my job, and I'm going to do it right.
3: Off, off of Dan's question about Odell, I mean, he knows how to take the top off a of defense. Is there something specific that he's been able to help you with that on just how to really stretch the, the deep part of the field?
1: It's really he taught me kind of how to gauge my speed, And kind of at a release point to where instead of like having the db turn right away you kind of get him to stop his feet a little bit which will get me even more separation while bursting and sprinting
2: all right anthony schwartz and um you hear that that's those are the things you want to hear he's picking odell's brain how to get deep and he's more than willing to block
6: not a bad guy to learn from one of the better speed receivers in the nfl and i I do like, you know, the nuance stuff that Schwartz was talking about. That's very next level, you know, football thinking. That's the attention to detail stuff we've, you know, heard Kevin Sapansky talk about. And I think top end speed is great if you can accelerate the top end speed and really understand how you're going to manipulate coverage. That really takes you from being a fast receiver to a guy who, who can get open down the field more often. And as for blocking, you know, we talked about it before. That was we saw exactly how that worked for Donovan People's Jones. He started really getting into the action week four, week four against Dallas, was a really good blocker and that opened up opportunities for him. I, I feel like that's what you have to do as a receiver. You have to be willing to do the other things like block and understand understand where you need to run your routes. And when you do that, then you'll be given more trust in the offense. We saw that with Peoples Jones. I think that might be what we're seeing from Schwartz, I think. And I'll be, I'll be interested to see how he looks You know, when he's healthy and when he's able to get on the field in those situations.
2: Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly. Tim Bielek, reporter from The Plain Dealer and Cleveland.com. Appreciate the time and the insight. Thanks very much, Tim. You got it. Thanks for having me, guys. All right. Make sure you, you read them. Uh, Tim Bielek, pages of The Plain Dealer as well as Cleveland.com. Uh, that'll do it for this edition of Sports for CLE. We'll see you again tomorrow at 4. Scheduled guests, Mac Robinson, Buckeyes Beat reporter Stephen Means, and Ryan Cavanaugh, color analyst for high school football on Spectrum News One. That is all at 4 o'clock tomorrow on Sports for CLE. We'll see you then. Have a great night, everybody.